Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Everybody, welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Taylor, joined by Rachel Shackleton. Hello, hello. And Jules Gill. Hey, guys. And between the three of us, we've had the pleasure of playing Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, um, and we have many, many thoughts. Now, Jules and Rich, uh, Jules and Rich, Jules and uh, Rich already did their first impressions and broke down some of the like various new mechanics and the way that mm. it plays and all that kind of thing. Me and Jules then played a little bit more, but between the three of us, we have a hell of a lot to talk about. Yes. And so, um, one of the things that struck me initially, which is why we call this video what it is, is that you, to play Sekiro, you kind of have to unlearn everything that you know about souls in terms of I don't know just general movement and the way you have to like pick your spots when you're attacking enemies it's very like defensive focused so I'd, I'd say it's very very different mm. um, it's very easy to compare Sekiro to anything of the Soulsborne franchise because obviously it's the same developer it's the same gameplay mechanics and the same challenge mm. and adversity spectrum that they work with however in terms of how it approaches it with the verticality the mobility and even the way that you are uh, act in battle, mm. it is entirely its own game. And yes. I, for one, love it. And I just want to say before we start, <laughs> massive thank you to two special people. Uh, people over at Game Newcastle who hosted us for yes, their Metro Center and yes. said yes. They let us go. Uh, Rach and I go and play a vertical slice demo of that, uh, which Scott mentioned previously. Yes. And a massive thank you to Activision who sent us down uh, on a one night closed door event so that we could play and capture so about five hours worth of footage in total. Mm -hmm. It's. Uh, it was exhausting. It was a thing. So we, yeah, th th that was the thing. That was what made me kind of come to this like thought process was because we, when you start playing Sekiro, it's relentless. Mm -hmm. And I think me and Rich kind of like started to get down this a similar sort of mentality in as much as like it's there's a lot of focus on this. You have a one button parry system, which like Souls yeah. has always had parrying. Um, but now it's your you want to have this you have this universal like parry button. So in the middle of any animation, you can always deflect, and you're trying to break an opponent's poise or break an opponent's guard. Yeah. So if you keep attacking, you can break them, you can weaken them, and then finish them off in one go. And they can do that to you, minus the one attack thing. Um, but there's a lot of emphasis or a lot of like impetus put on like defensive play. Um, what do you think of that in general? Um, actually, I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. It just reminds me of when, so when Bloodborne first came out, after having played Dark Souls 1 and 2, Bloodborne came along and everyone was like, oh my gosh, this is the same but so different. So mm -hmm. what it was, was if we would call Dark Souls the blocking game, yep. mm -hmm. Bloodborne is the dodging game. Yep. Totally. Now we have Sekiro, which is absolutely the, the parry, parry game. Yeah, game, 100%. I love, mm -hmm. I love that because each game is 
unique, mm -hmm. yet the same. They each bring something different that mm -hmm. we can obviously pick apart and say, oh, I like this from this, mm -hmm. but I prefer this in Bloodborne and, and etc. which I love. I love picking these sort of things <laughs> apart. So uh -huh. I'm a big fan. As for the actual skill gap, um, it is by far the hardest of the trio. I'm yep. not gonna lie. Like parrying in general in Dark Souls is really hard. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Easier in Bloodborne. Yeah. But, um, in Sekiro, it will take some practice. Well, that's the, uh, <laughs> yeah, because like my, my overall thing is not it's not meant as a negative necessarily. It's just that if you were like a if you were diehard, died in the world Souls fan, the the amount that they've changed up the general pace of gameplay and the like the focus they put on parrying and like just you're waiting for specific swipes. They even have like three um, specific responses to if you're going up against a thrust attack, a swipe, or an overhead like if they're coming down on you. You dodge forward. Yeah, you yeah. either like yeah. you either, you can jump the swipe, you can dodge to the side, and like there's like these three different ways to like kind you of counter jump. stuff. You can you can jump now. But, the, but this, is, this is the thing. If you are coming from fresh off the heels of, say, Dark Souls, mm. or if you're coming uh, straight off of uh, Bloodborne, mm. you will be able to adapt to this game fairly quickly mm -hmm. because it rewards you for playing up to a certain extent like those two games, mm -hmm. but you have to master Sekiro's new rules. Like, it, to get the most out of this game, it's the same as any other From Software title you learn to play by the rules or you get out of the game. Mm. It is it is hard. Yeah, it is it is hard, but I ultimately think that it's probably the most fair approach to combat that we've seen mm. in a From Software title, only because of the fact that as we were talking before, there is a very common Dark Souls uh attack pattern which is the turtle poke. Yeah, they guard, spin around. They have a few pokes, then do this. You can't do no. that here. And in Bloodborne you could you were dodging all the time, but you were, if you got hit you were creamed. Mm -hmm. In this one it balances both by giving you a reasonable uh, chance to block mm. the parry, uh, which evades all damage, but fills up their poise meter. But you can dash. You can rely solely on dashing if you want to. Mm -hmm. That's how I got through most of the playtesting. Yeah. It's just by almost forgetting that the block button and the parry button existed because I'm so used to not relying on that in the slightest. There's a lot of different play styles that you mm -hmm. can bring to these games, mm. although I feel like the most rewarding one, in my opinion, is the sort of parry style because that's obviously, you can see that's what they've sort of mm. leaned heavily into. Mm -hmm. They want people to sort of time these uh these yeah, yeah. and it's just it's really, the, you feel like a total badass when you get it right it's oh. phenomenal i mean that was the the thing that struck me the most was that they've taken the the gwyn lord of cinder fight from the end of souls one and made like a whole game out of it in terms of your you're watching oh, for specific swipes yeah. yeah literally yeah. Like, parry the game and like and you don't have to there is like you know there's a big reason to parry you can instantly kill dudes if you get it right um and you know there's all that kind of thing and that feeds into the way that you let um, bosses have multiple health bars but if you correctly mm. parry at the right time you'll you'll defeat them a lot faster there's a lot of that stuff in there. Um, but yeah, you have like a jumper and then a grappling hook. Um, and you can you can revive twice as well. So that kind of, all that stuff well, changes the flow of everything. Well, well, Scott. Go on. Or is it more than twice? Because we... when we were down there, we've been studying <laughs> a few of the game mechanics, which mm -hmm. we'll be putting into a list of the 10 secrets that the game doesn't really tell you about yes, that I'll you need a, to master. I'll have a tips and tricks ready for everybody on launch and it, and it, there was a few. It, right? Well, there was, a, there was a few times where we died and were able to resurrect more than uh, once. Yeah, so we'll that, was, that was well, interesting. So I think it's based on how aggressive you are. So yes. again, like Bloodborne, it'll reward you for being aggressive. So yeah, the more people that you kill or whatever, it fills up like a little icon in the corner. Um, mm -hmm. You can't do it too many times in a row, but like, mm -hmm. well, you can't do it within close proximity of one another, yeah, yeah. but you can't the, eventually get it back. The entire uh, philosophy behind sort of like Shinobi and Samurai fighting is to wait for your moment of opportunity and strike with the most accurate, most powerful mm -hmm. shot you can. And I feel like they have really nailed that in this game mm -hmm. because... It's a game that forces you to react, to be constantly doing something. In Dark Souls, I would often feel that I would stand there 
wait for them to open up, and then I'd attack. Mm -hmm. Whereas in this one, if the, if the enemy's walking around and they're just sort of like using their sword and you're thinking, okay, when are they going to attack? Make your own opportunity. Yeah. So if you hold down the uh, regular attack button, you'll do a charge strike and it will break them open, ready to keep attacking. And it's about constantly moving forward mm -hmm. and uh, with aggression, but calculated aggression. Bloodborne is about going crazy. <laughs> this is about calculated aggression, in my mind, at least. Another thing um, that, that's alongside all this is the stealth mechanics, because like, for the first mm. time, they're, they're just doing like old-school Tenchu-style stealth, mm -hmm. um, which means that you know you can hug walls, you can hang on ledges, you yep. can like you know get vantage points, and you can do aerial drop kills and hand kills and wall kills, and all of them again will take a pip off like you know bo uh, bosses or like named characters have multiple health bars. You can get rid of a whole bar of health by just doing a stealth yep. kill. Even that shakes up the core foundations in a really cool way. I love that. Yeah, because it means that you're like you're preparing for specific encounters by you see a group of enemies like we always did in the other games, but you go, okay, I'm going to climb way up here and I'm going to like jump over, take out the guy at the back that's going to, I don't know, like call more reinforcements in and then fight everybody else. Um, the only thing that I kind of, for me, I mean, it might be because we played in such a concentrated amount of time in such like a focused yeah. window, um, but I did think that like because of the the way that you can counter kill everybody, it made me mm. go, okay, most of these fights feel quite similar. Like I'm I'm blocking, I'm killing, I'm blocking, see, I'm killing. I would disagree only because of the fact that- Would you that go? I would disagree agree because of the do. fact that uh, there are many examples where you could use other elements mm. uh, to sh to change how you fight. For example, the chained ogre. We found out... <laughs> Me and Rachel's best friend. He's, 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 oh, you did, he's, did it? He, oh, is yeah. a, he is an ass, isn't I he? I hate it. And, I'm trying to get on his head. And this is the thing, like you can, use the, you can use the grapple hand to get onto his head to throw him off yep. balance. That's another facet into fighting a random big dude that changes yes. how you fight him. True. It's the same with like being able to escape or use verticality to make your opponent make mistakes. And in the... Uh, Madam Butterfly or Lady Butterfly boss fight that mm -hmm. I was getting frustrated <laughs> against. The um, one thing that finally stopped Jules. The uh, took a she, long time. She can only have her poise uh, gauge broken by doing specific counterattacks, which mean that you have to do a dodge followed straight away by R1 attack to go straight in for a thing. And he does a little spin slash instead of a regular stab. Mm -hmm. She could only have her poise gauge broken by that, mm -hmm. which means that enemies around that area also had that ability as well. So you right. started going, oh, okay, it's teaching me a new style of fighting. Mm -hmm. Plus you've got all the different skills. Like you've got like the whirlwind slash. You've got yeah. the ability to like use different arms. I'd say that in terms, the fights might feel the same only if you are approaching them in the same way. True. I just, I think for my thing, it was, they don't necessarily, like, yeah, you have certain bosses like her that like, you need to have this, like you need to do the parry kill. And with the uh, the yoga, like, yeah, there's a weak spot where you mm. can grapple and get on top of it and do like a, another stagger move that leads into another combo. But the vast majority of the like two, three hour play session we had, mm. the vast majority of enemies, it was wait for your opponent. Like it was, it was parry the game. It was wait for them to attack. Nah, and again, kill. I wasn't waiting. That's the mm. thing. I was like, I was getting down to the enemy. It's like, you are in my way. I'm going to kill you as quickly <laughs> as I can because uh -huh. it's a game that has a lot of mobs. Like when we were playing our vertical slice, we noticed that it was a case of like, in Dark Souls, you'll see like one or two enemies in the background and they'll maybe like try and gang up on you. But in this one, it's like, there's five, there's six. Oh, he's called reinforcements. Mm. Oh God, there's another like seven coming over the hill sort of thing. Mm. Like, the thing is that we need these little enemies though because they'll give you your little white crosses. It's true. Yeah. Well, that, that feeds into the thing that Jules is saying with the heavy attacks because now um, heavy attacks are rationed and you can only do mm -hmm. as many heavy attacks or accessory attacks as you have those Aesthetic. little crosses. Yeah, the prosthetic arm attacks. Um, and so in the, the builds that we've played, you had you guys played with the flamethrower, which is more of like an arcing thing. Yes, yeah, so we had the flamethrower, the shuriken, axe. and the axe. Didn't oh, we? sweet. So in the one that we did, it was 
more like a fire punch um, and the axe again. So like you need oh, the axe. We'll tell the story about the axe I in a minute. I despise the fact that we'll I couldn't d- find the axe until the last 30 seconds of the playthrough. Um, but I, st- I still managed to get two all the way through. Hours, two and a half hours he spent uh, trying to get that axe. Why did that and, uh, I sort of played it for two and a half hours and then couldn't find the thing at the end. But you couldn't find the flame vent. So... No, we're not talking about that story, though, are we? <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, you need the uh, the axe to be able to tear, tear through the enemy shields, which if you don't have it, mm-hmm. then that makes a certain boss encounter extremely hard. Um, but the fact that they actually, they do a good job of, like, you know, make, giving you a reason to go explore and you come yeah. against a roadblock. I and, love that. Yeah, you and you really like that. It's, it's the Zelda sort of formula, totally. if I can call it that, where mm-hmm. you'd find something, or like you said, you'd start to see enemies that only die a certain way, and mm-hmm. then you know this boss encounter is going to use both of those. Mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> Love it. AM. We, we came up with a nice term for it on the train. Well, you did. Okay. A play wall, where basically you get to the thing and you need an item to progress. And, it's uh, like a brick wall, but a play wall, and you play through and get the brick wall. Hey, man, hey man I'm just saying, if it makes its way into the, the gaming lexicon, the lexicon I'm, I'm more than happy with that. Then maybe. Um, another thing to uh, mention in terms of, because there needs to be a better name for, because everyone just calls it like item-based progression, like the Metroidvania, the Zelda style, like you need this to get forward or whatever. Um yeah, whatever that is. Um, Sekiro rolls together the new skill system in there because, like, for the first time, we've got a proper skill tree where you're mm. banking. Uh, you fill up a meter of XP, you get a number, and you use that to unlock specific skills. Did you guys had that in your build? We it, didn't have. We had we had some skills already available to right. us. Um, the prosthetics, is it? Yes, yes. And, and oh no, it's like it's like character skills. There's um. But, do you, yeah. you remember when um. Uh, in Bloodborne, you'd have you'd be able to uh, change the trick mm-hmm. weapons mm-hmm. and oh, wow. and like through um. When you're attacking, you could cut chain them into new chains by basically switching them mid combo. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that. It's like they're called weapon arts, aren't they? So you hold down. Oh, L- you mean right, okay? So the, yeah, there's two different things. So like, yeah, okay. one of them is weapon arts, which is like a whirlwind stabby thing, and then there's also you get abilities just for Wolf, the main guy. So you can unlock like a, a knee slide when you're sprinting, or you oh, can yeah. unlock a. Uh, it's called the the Makiro counter or the Masiro counter, and um, which is against spear enemies. And um, so if they go to thrust you, you press forward and circle. You can jump on top of their blade and attack them. I was um, I was I yeah. was infuriated that I found that out. Because I, I went down the skill tree route, whereas yeah. you were charging ahead. Yeah, I, I don't actually have a, a huge problem mm. with that because I feel like while with like Dark Souls, you get sort of like the fashion souls, the customization, yep. everything of like that. I feel like this one makes it a more personal tale because it's more directly related to the growth of Sekiro yes. himself. And it kind of works with the whole idea of expanding his memories, making him remember mm. why and what is going on around mm-hmm. him. And I do think as well it does allow a lot of flexibility in combat. So maybe, for example, Dark Souls, you pick up, say, your big Zweihander, and you're going to use that until the end of the game. That moveset doesn't change. No. Your character might get stronger. You might wear different armor, but your your moveset stays the same. Mm -hmm. That actually when you put it on paper like that, is much more limiting than what Sekiro is doing by having that one blade because of the fact that even though it's that one blade, you get other moves like sliding under, mm. like using a parry in the mid- in midair. You can't do that sort of stuff in That's Dark Souls. The, yeah. So it actually feels much more creatively free in a yeah, way. Yeah, because I mean, I remember thinking like in Dark Souls, it was like I had my, my battle axe plus whatever. Apparently it goes to 10 after talking to you guys before. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was plus five, 15, 20. And uh, so, you know, but you finish the game, you're doing your swipes, you're doing your big old leaping attacks and stuff. They're the same animations that you had at the beginning and mm-hmm. um, whereas in Sekiro you're unlocking a t- like moves and different animations that uh, Wolf himself can do and so one of them is like a whirlwind spin you mm-hmm. can unlock the idea of uh, doing a knee slide when you sprint so you can like slide into combat mm-hmm. like under like a big old swing or whatever um, you know you have things like that that sort of flesh it out but you only have one katana the way that they yeah. varied it out is that your all your R2 all your heavy attacks are all separate and they're yeah. all governed by little pickups these little like crosses that you pick up yeah like little like angel gun yeah. bullets but it's based on weird. like you 
yeah, they're like weird little they, paper cross they've, they've got like a little head almost on them. They're like anks or whatever you call them. Like anks. Oh yeah. Anx, oh, yeah. They look from like, Crash. Yeah, they kind of look like them. <laughs> they're they little collectible look, yeah. things. Yes, but from Crash. From Nowhere crash. else from history. From Crash. From Crash. Um, but they, that's the thing. If you pick up the axe, you have like the flamethrower or like the flame fist or whatever. Mm. They're all governed by how many of these little paper like thingies you have in the corner. Mm. Um, which means that if you have an encounter, an encounter where you need to take on a bunch of shielded guys, if you don't have the axe, you ain't going to get past those shielded guys. But don't you find that like that's um, the item management gets fully streamlined as a result? Because mm. the fact that say in Souls, you're using like uh, the fire paper, or sorry, Bloodborne, you like the fire paper and then you're using the oil urn and this and that and the that. And you're just constantly flipping between different items in your inventory. Mm. Whereas this time it's all just, it's managed by this one arm. And True. it's all using the same ammo type. So that means you don't need to worry about it. It's mm. just how you choose to expend it. It's certainly a lot simpler, yeah. Mm. Mm. It's one of the things as well with the skill tree is that they've like found a way to make like <coughs> the literal character abilities factor into how you get through the world. Like mm. there's one dude that like, we've I think we've mentioned the dude that you fought with the biggest spear. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates Fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And it's like uh, yes. you eventually can get a specific spear counter. It's called like the Masiro counter or whatever, mm-hmm. um, where like, you know, he'll go to thrust at you and you can jump on top of his blade and then attack him back. I tell you what, it would have made it so much I know, easier it's like if I had, had that. that. I, I spent probably a good 30 minutes on this guy who's just called something, something the Shinobi Hunter. And <laughs> he hunted my Shinobi quite goddamn well. Yes. A lot of me. <laughs> uh, but, but that also allowed it. Um, there was another gameplay sort of trick. It's mm-hmm. a sick hack that I'll tell you now. It's that um, when you die, obviously you sometimes get a chance to resurrect. Yes. It's actually, you can get the drop on the enemy again by letting them walk away and just go, huh, one absolute scrub. And then you go, Nora, <laughs> round two, bitch. You can and kind then, of do like a fable two where you just sort of like come back from the dead no matter what and just like stroll after them. Some again. of them have funny dialogue as well. Like yeah. uh, there's a guy on horseback who's like a, one of the horse bosses mm-hmm. and he comes in and he's like, I am the keeper of the gate. You will not pass. 
and he kills you and you get back up and he goes, oh, not had enough, have we? And you're just <laughs> like, nope. And then you just get stabbed through the sternum. Yep. It's like, yes, I will actually so finally really, go down. Really questions the fact that he's like, oh, you're back up again. It's just like, Everyone seems suspiciously fine with this big demonic samurai just but, wandering around. But we have, stuff. but there is, you know, there is a lot of weird mystic stuff yes. going on. Like there's some of the people, they they do not look right. There's a giant like serpent thing as well. Big, big old oh, sneaky yeah. boy. Boy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's an albino serpent That's who's good. like. The butt's for me. It's pretty huge. much the world serpent from God of War just mm. peeking in. He's got the same little chin whiskers and everything. If so, it makes you feel any better, Rach, the, from the demo that we played, where he just scared the absolute crap out of us, to the one that we played, you can stab him in the face. <laughs> Oh, I stabbed him right. I kind of want to stab the long boy. I, I stabbed him right in the bloody eye. I, think... I was there, like I was like, "You're going down,", going down. <laughs> and it was a huge mistake because it, as I did it, I heard one of the developers behind me went, "Uh oh," and I was there, like, "Uh oh," yeah, and then they like, like, like pierces it, and like... it, was, it like goes mental, and I'm like, "Oh god." It was good. It was a good time. Yeah. I think yeah, for, to, for the sake of finishing off the item-based progression thing, the thing that I loved was that like if we knew or anybody knew about the the spear thing, that would have helped you get through that particular area mm. to get to the to beat that guy to get the key that then lets you open a temple on the other side of the map to get further into the main story. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like Zelda-y, Metroid-y love, style stuff. I love learning through making mistakes as well. I'm mm. just going to that in there. Mm-hmm. Like, um, whereas someone might die and go like, oh, they didn't tell me there was a thing. I'd be like, oh, now I know that I need mm. a thing. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I just feel like this is a strength that this game is going to have that a lot of people, so, not to sound elitist, right? But a lot of people are not going to get. People How are dare you? it and be like, oh, I can't Well, to be walk. fair, I'm yeah. Like, actually, like, not naming names, but we did have a dude rage cry out of our session because he wasn't loving it. He was just like, it's too hard and I'm not having fun and whatever. And so there is things like that. I mean, I totally missed the axe, getting the axe for the shield guys mm-hmm. um, for about two and a half hours. It was only in the last five minutes where I found it. And then I was out time um but in retrospectively watching the footage back i did talk to a dude that was dying who said like hey there's an axe in the temple don't let them take it and i was like which temple it's a whole village but like if i'd taken that in and i'd made a point of finding the temple and plus if you you can eavesdrop you press down on the d-pad you can eavesdrop on him on conversations oh you have like shinobi senses yeah you got got your sense going on Uh, and there's two dudes ransacking a temple and they say temple therefore that building is a temple turns out that's where the axe was all along so that's where you you keep your axes isn't it it is yeah. So I would keep mine. You also keep your flame vents, your flame fists in a bonfire. So if oh, you don't want to I, to be fair, check I didn't, the bonfire. I didn't find the bonfire. No, so. Jules didn't get the flame thing, and I didn't get the axe. The but... soul's veteran, and you didn't automatically gravitate to the bonfire. To the fire. I, well, to That's be, a really good point. To, be honest. To, to be honest, I was too busy just slaying <laughs> and uh, just just like. Throwing your big sword around. Swapping yeah, I was, I was, it left, right, and center. See, I was having a great time because I managed to inadvertently beat uh, two of the harder challenges in the playtesting right. experience. Oh, I got all the way to the end. But not in the way that I was meant no. to. I did not play smart. I played hard. And that was actually something that I would totally recommend that anyone do who's thinking about picking this up is really take the time to learn your environments mm. and look around you because the amount of extra effort that I had to go through just to get through a very simple uh, boss fight. Yeah. If I had the flame hand, for example, the giant golem is afraid of fire. Mm-hmm. So if I torched him, I would have been able to get a few extra hits and it would have made the fire Which I did easier. do and then still got killed by him. But, but, uh, but, uh, but, in, but in the end, I just was like, Hit and dodge, hit yeah. and dodge, hit and dodge. And I, I want to like, quickly oh. mention as well um, that we do have the footage of this. I don't know if we'll put it in this video, but we do have the footage of certain hitboxy type madness that just was took the wind right out of my sails. Yeah. In terms of like fighting the ogre, where it was just like he's doing these big grabs, he's doing these big leaping attacks and stuff, dodged out the way, and it just glitched put me back to where I was 
potentially going to get grabbed. And that was like, I'm not going to go on too much about it, but that was one of the things where like, we've all had those experiences in Souls it, games. It was just a demo you played. Again. Yes, yeah, totally. Yeah. And like, I, yeah, I hope that they iron it out. I hope this is a few month old build and they tighten yeah. up the hitboxes more. They did state actually that it wasn't the final build no. of the game. And I, I feel like it is so 95, 99% polished in there. Yes. But I have to admit that is a good example of a bad mistake being mm. put into video game and the video game design. It's, it's about making the player feel that a death is not a it has to be fair yeah yeah yes yeah, yeah, uh, but true. when you've got like evidence of them like uh spin locking and then just grabbing you regardless yeah. because you failed the button that, yeah prompt, that literally it, like it then suggests that that evade that you've got isn't actually an evade yeah. and that, i mean obviously the, the the whole thing of like dark souls is tough but fair or bloodborne is tough but fair like obviously it, there's always going to be examples of like outliers where you can go oh, okay well this thing just bugged out or whatever and then so like i really hope that they do tighten it up like something like devil may cry 5 has like immaculate like frame detection mm. or a uh, hitbox detection and that stuff's great and i think if you're gonna have a game that is so relentlessly exhausting like sekiro it needs to be like immaculate yeah and so like I, yeah i hope it gets polished off for the release um something else to bring in is that they have ditched all the like communal side of souls like there's no more jolly cooperation you are doing it yourself well um, we had know. a small bit of jolly cooperation from a very handsome and quite was dead a... NPC that tried to help us out against <laughs> He was those... dead after we tried well, making friends with him. And yeah. Annoyingly, I kept him alive until the final bit and this big fat guy and I, and I he is actually just called Fat Drunk Josuo. He's called Juzuo or something. Juzuo yeah. the Drunkard. It's just you like if you were like a fuel lord. No, whoa. In the past. Uh, ouch. Ouch. Yeah, Okay, Juzuo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Try, well, what as if you're not him? How dare you? I know. How very dare you? He had more hair than I, I do for, for, a, for a start. And anyway, he <laughs> he killed my NPC friend, yes. Tim. Let's just call him Tim. <laughs> like, and I was annoyed because oh, I being a, being a From Little Software Tim. game, I know that something would have happened if I'd kept him alive. He would have been like, oh, cheers, mate. Here's like 50 gold. <laughs> Here's a new prosthetic. I know. That's what I, I totally thought of. <laughs> Big J, you know when you and you when you run into battle in Dark Souls three with Sigmire, yeah, and uh, and you and everyone remembers that moment, like all those times you get a specific AI summonable, like in the first Souls when you fight alongside Solaire against the gargoyles, and yep. it's like this great story ish moment. Hell, Solaire versus Solaire against Gwyn at the final. Whew, that's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, some yeah heartfelt that stuff that is. And I think they know that those are some of the the moments that people are going to remember, mm. and they gave us like you know you have that when you go up against this guy. If you you know like take people out well enough and don't let him take too much damage, then you and him can fight the boss together. Mm. And so that's one of their ways of getting around the fact that there's no more um, PvP or like <laughs> so summons hand, like that. Like, on one hand, a lot of people are going to only notice the differences uh, between Sekiro and something like mm. Dark Souls. But then on the other hand, there will be people who notice the similarities yes. and they'll sort of use that as their strength to get through it. Oh man, like, well, I mean, I personally don't mind that there is uh, a lack of online on this because mm. I know that we're comparing this a lot to Dark Souls because it's, 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 it's a point of reference. It kind of changed the industry. So, so yeah. it's, a, it's a point of reference. It's the same design studio mm. as well. So for me to when you think about online not being in this game it does feel strange mm. but it is but it is not the same game it is not it's not what it's trying to do mm -hmm. it's never set out to be hey this is a story to be shared this is a personal revenge story yeah. and it would feel weird to have other people come in and help you yeah. mm -hmm. you're meant to be oh, hey, you're 
you're, well, you're meant, yeah, to, be exactly the, you're meant to be the badass of badass. But you're this like you know, one like, like that's another thing is that this is the first time they've done like a spoken protagonist and the first time they've done mm. cutscenes and like mm. a really more overt story. Like I, you know, like Souls and, and uh, Bloodborne are known for having their story in the items. And if you really want to know what's going on, you need to like spend time reading all the descriptions. I'm sure that there is a lot. I think that still, still will be yeah. in there too. Yeah. Um, but you know, you have specific characters and you have this whole thing with like Wolf is like this disgraced samurai. I can't remember the event that put him in the ground in the first place, but then he's coming back and trying to figure everything out. And so even that is like way more of a, a drive, like a plot drive. Um, but I mean, I like how much it's it's not another Souls and it's not another Bloodborne. Yeah. Um, I think they've made like a very confident, very clear like disconnect from those old systems um, and stuff like being able to resurrect or like just the way that you level up, the streamlining of, you know, the different statistics and all that kind of thing. All that stuff I thought was so promising. Yeah. Um, and so like I need to spend more time with it. I think I think all three of us have been in exactly. the mindset that's of it ever since. That's all you can think of. All you can think of is I need to play more of this game and mm. that is, if that's not a good game, then I don't know why. Mm. Very, very true. I think it's just that it's, it's got a, a weird sort of like it's it's just relentless in a yeah. way um and i think you need to conquer it yeah and I it's, need revenge. <laughs> I think like we've like mentioned, or everyone who's played the Souls and the Bloodborne knows of the checkpoint side of things, yes. where you just want to keep going until you can get through something. Um, and this one seems to place their checkpoints in better. Uh, yeah, I'd say that they're, they're much more frequent, yes. and I feel like they're much more fair to the game overall, because there was nothing worse in Dark Souls or Bloodborne than uh, getting so close to the boss or in the boss uh, battle itself, mm. dying and being sent 15 minutes back down the road. I understand <laughs> that the mentality behind that is you're telling a story, and it's basically about the trial of adversity and overcoming it mm. makes sense. But there is a point when game design dictates that that, that effort required by the player will not be enough to keep them invested. Right. And if you want to create a successful gameplay loop, it will you have less chance of alienating a player base by making sure that your uh, checkpoints are balanced fairly mm -hmm. than you do by doing the Dark Souls, or say Dark Souls 1, where you would actually have nearly a 20 minutes slog uh, sometimes in some Hence areas. Hence why corpse if, running became a thing. Exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, so. in, in that regard, like when you finally got through uh, beating the pole guy, you unlocked a new checkpoint. Yeah. So it was like, they, obviously the other games have done that too, but it's like, as that, that sense of capitalizing on the reward, like yeah. that calculated adversarial approach to, to combat that they have, where they just smash you up front with a horrible challenge, and then you slowly get there and it feels like nothing else. And it's like, okay, now you can relax, now you can I'd, save. I'd have to admit, I have to say that the, uh, the sub-bosses probably provided the more unique personal mm. storytelling moments in it because it's like you know when we fought the um the general guy who was before the corrupted monk i grew more overcame because it's like it's such a one-on-one -on -one thing like two shoguns sort of like Basically. pacing around each other jumping and attacking and I, you really feel more connected to that than i put probably did to a boss because mm. the boss was like ah you're a big guy whatever you're you're a big strong thing whereas like this one was like you feel much more like an mano adversary it's a, the whole mano it's, a, mano, yeah. it's a nemesis system well, that's what I love the most I mean uh, I don't know if you guys have been through Neo too much but no. like I I got considerably far through Neo but yeah. in the end I didn't bother finishing it okay I never actually finished it either but I, I did get like a hell of a lot way through I still absolutely love Neo but some of the best things in Neo are those one on one fights where you're just like blades clashing you're both darting around the battlefield and like you have that sort of like, um, you know, your abilities are matched, like, beat mm -hmm. for beat, and you, you're dodging in the same way and circling each other. And, like, some of the coolest, like, fights, that's why PvP is such a big deal in Souls. Yeah. Like, you know, like, some of those fights are, are sometimes arguably better than here's another giant, massive, screen-sized yeah. thing trying to squish me again. And, I mean, I will miss the PvP. Mm. I will miss the threat of being invaded 
constantly. Oh, I will not miss the threat of being invaded. But at the same time, I think that maybe <laughs> that's where um, nope. maybe that's where this game will uh, change further down the line. We have no idea what the DLC plans are for this. Mm. They might add in sort of like a, a versus mode of like a Something test of Shinobi arena. versus mm -hmm. Shinobi style thing. Duel, perhaps. That, that could... Rather than actual invasions, like a sort of dueling type. God, or... dueling in this thing would be the most just stressful. <laughs> but, but imagine, imagine how they did. They could do it really well if you did just one-on-one -on -one fights, like not like loads of people, just one-on-one -on -one fights in arenas, mm -hmm. and you were fighting for your lord, and your lord like get you money and stuff that you could bring back into the other yep. game. I think that'd be a perfect inclusion to this. The yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, they got the whole thing with the story yeah. side of it, mythos, mythos, and uh, I mean that sort of stuff was in For Honor and it was in Absolver, and it's yep. like yeah, like one-on when you're one-on-one -on -one with another real-time player, and you decide it's just you and your abilities. Yeah. Can you rock paper scissors them before they rock paper? scissors you like that's one of the most intense online experiences you can have but you can't lament what's not in there you can only celebrate what we have seen and what yes. we have seen is Absolutely. bloody good yes what we've seen it seems to be them taking some incredible strides forward um and really confidently like you know like not necessarily like gutting out like dead weight or anything but differentiating Sekiro in a really meaningful way it's really great to see them trying new things mm. absolutely nailing it I mean mm -hmm. I was so worried when they were saying about how they were adding in the mobility and the verticality because it's like Imagine we were discussing this on the train back that adding in the simple facet of a jump button is fantastic for players because mm -hmm. it gives them access to a whole range of extra options. But from a developing standpoint, that one change has now meant that you have an extraordinary amount of problems that you have to counter against. Yeah. Are they going to jump out of the map? Are they going to be jumping over enemies? Are they going to be able to use objects in ways that they are not meant to be used? Mm -hmm. And how can we stop them in a creative fashion? They now have to go all around that <laughs> and they've actually nailed it. And I'm really glad to see that mm. they've, because I was expecting this to be one of the jankier parts of the game, mm. but it flows it feels really well. Weighty, like, there yeah. were moments when I was going like hook shot to hook shot to hook shot. I wasn't even landing. I was just going boo, boo, right. boo from rooftop up and down, then mm. kick going, jumping off walls and wells. And I was like, yeah, this is cool. It's great. If you mix that with like, you can unlock like an aerial counter or an aerial um, like riposte or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it's like if someone's just shoot a, shoot a fire out of your midair and you're coming at them and you just like shing it out in yeah. midair, land, <laughs> instant kill and you just move on like you know sheath your blade There's, or whatever there was it's one fantastic. cool moment where i jumped off the uh, edge of a building onto the guy below me and he rolls over stabs him in the face and this fire arrow was coming towards me and he stands up and i instantly just press l1 and went bang like that other way <laughs> and i was like oh that made me feel really cool yeah there's there's moments where like things come together like that a sense of flow or yeah. like a sense of just kind of impact in the moment that just feels incredible um so yes that is as much as we know about Sekiro right now but we'll end we'll try and do more coverage as we go well we've we got the weeks. reviews coming out on uh, march the 27th Second, and yes. Rachel will be providing that, so stay tuned for that. We have the review. Actually, you know, kill some stuff. <laughs> kill some stuff. It'll feel good. We have tips and tricks coming as well, but not until launch day as well. So let us know what you think down of the. Oh no, that's they're, not. They're, the they go thing. on, carry on, carry on. You no, I'm not going to keep. Pull it back. Ah, ah, ah. Let us know what you think down in the comments below if you're on the video version or find us on social media if you're listening on any audio platforms. This has been the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Taylor, joined by Rachel Shackleton. Thank you so much for listening. And Jules Goop. See you later, guys. I'm catching next time. Bye. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. 
Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.